This is the Monetize Everything Podcast, a place where people just like you can learn how to build wealth, improve personal finances, and start an online business all online. Now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, George Pitts. All right, everybody. Welcome to season two of the Monetize Everything Podcast. It's your host, George Pitts, and we've got a great, great guest today. The first guest of our season two uh, of the podcast, uh, Mr. Jose Hernandez, the Millennial Money Mentor on Instagram. Uh, This brother of mine, man, is just an amazing, amazing financial guy. Um, Very, very, uh, very in tune with, with a lot of things that many of you on the or that listen to the podcast or even follow me on social media um, are looking for. Um, he's a former financial advisor for Merrill Lynch on the corporate side. So he did everything from stock options, corporate 401ks that many of you probably invest in, uh, corporate compensation for dividends and payouts, all those things that many, many people participate in or have questions about. He was an advisor for these large corporations. Uh, so I'm very, very glad to have him on today. Jose, What's going on, my man? How you doing, brother? Hey, George. Appreciate you uh, having me on, man. When you sent me that DM, I was like, man, this, I got to get all over this, man. So I really appreciate you not only thinking enough about me to, to reach out, but actually having me on your show, man. So I'm excited to to give you what I got and make sure that your audience gets the most out of it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Listen, I, I had uh, followed you on Instagram and I was watching a lot of your videos and the thing that I loved about them was just how you gave some nuggets in like such a short amount of time. Like, like me, I don't like, like, you know, sometimes you go to like sales pages or different things and they're super long. Yeah. And, you know, I like to get to the point, you know, I'm just one of those people. Sure. And I was watching like your videos and I was just like, my gosh, he drops some serious nuggets in like minutes. And uh, but it was so logical and it was so doable, which is which is I'm a simple guy. I love teaching from a simple perspective. I don't like teaching people all the complexities of stuff. Uh, And that's what really drew me to you. And I was like, I got to get this guy on the show. And I was so excited, man, whenever you wrote back, like literally immediately. And we just started conversating and uh, we're like, man, let's do it. And, uh, you know, so so we hooked up and we we got it going, man. So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you a lot. So, man, tell us about Jose Hernandez, man. Tell us a little bit about your background and and kind of how you came to be the millennial money mentor that you are. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> from, the, from the top, we actually came to the United States as immigrants. We are originally from Venezuela, and we got here when I was about five or six, and, and I actually grew up in central Florida in, in the Polk County area, right in between Tampa and Orlando. And, and my whole life, I was, a, I was a baseball player. That's what I loved. I, uh, I had aspirations of playing professionally and, and doing all that, and uh, I was very blessed to receive a scholarship, an athletic scholarship, to to attend school. And when I got to school, I had to pick something that would be practical, something that I could do while actually grinding out the whole baseball thing as well. Uh, so, I'm, you know, not like being a doctor, but also doing something that would be valuable. And then for me, you know, as immigrants, we we had it pretty tough economically. So I always knew that there was value in understanding how money works and of course growing it as well. So I made the decision to study finance at Mercer University down in Macon, Georgia. And uh, that's really how I got my feet wet with finance and everything else. And after my college baseball career was over, I had to make a decision whether I wanted to pursue playing professionally 
or, uh, or starting my, my career in finance. And I had worked really hard to network and get, get in front of, of some, some people and, and put myself out there. And I was able to land a position at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch here in Atlanta, Georgia, in the corporate division, as you mentioned. So I had to make a tough decision and uh, I think I made the right one. It's still, it's still a little bit tough. Sometimes I think about, you know, if I would have kept playing and everything else, but I was really going after getting started, getting my professional career started and, and doing what I can to start getting ahead. So uh, from there, I worked really hard to become a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch here in Atlanta, the corporate division, and I learned everything about 401ks, executive compensation, stock awards, stock options. And uh, I was advising clients from some of the top 500 companies in, in the United States. And it was, it was a great time. I learned a ton. And part of my role as well is not just being a financial advisor, but actually educating other people, flying out to the companies, having these, these actual presentations in front of rooms of employees talking about their specific compensation, their specific 401k, or just general financial awareness. And that's actually the side that I like the most, funny enough. Um, and I, I think my passion for teaching this type of stuff actually started back in college. I always tell the story about it was my first first course in finance and I was sitting next to two other athletes uh, they, a football player and a lacrosse player they're great guys but they were not finance guys by any means <laughs> and um, it was almost like a movie I always tell people I, I remember it was it was about finals time and they were struggling man they were struggling and they just one day looked over and said hey man like it, it looks like you got kind of a good grasp on this stuff like we don't care about this like you do. <laughs> we just need to pass the class for just for the sake of it. Like, can you help us? Yeah. So I said, you know what? Yeah, why not? So we, we grinded it out for about a week in study hall, went through the entire course. And, and by the end of it, they weren't masters in finance, but they were actually able to pass the course. And, uh, you know, that was, that was, that was a really good feeling for me because I was wow. able to help other people, but also showed me, Hey, you know, maybe I can do okay teaching this type of stuff. So, that was kind of my first, I guess, experience with, with teaching people about finance. And it was, a, it was a pretty good one. And it helped people along the way, which has always been important for me. So taking that type of skill set into the professional world was really helpful when I was getting clients and explaining things to them. And, of course, the, the presentation style was helpful just to be able to break things down to a more digestible level in a way that people can understand because I know with finance and investing, the first thing that people think about is like, Oh man, Warren Buffett, or Ray Dalio, or mm-hmm. hedge funds. And yeah. Like a big red flag. But yeah. in reality, it's, it's not, not really like that. I mean, you know, the more you get up there in net worth, yes, it gets a little bit more complicated, but you know, even the average person can really benefit from just having a base understanding of how these things work. So um, I, uh, I made the leap out of the corporate world because long story short, I couldn't do both due to compliance. And uh, that, that was a big decision for me because I was making a lot more money than I am right now. And uh, I was a lot more comfortable, but coming from not a whole lot, I've, I'm okay with not having a whole lot right now because, you know, it's not the first time. And, and I really do believe in what I'm trying to do and the, the value I'm trying to bring other people. And I appreciate the kind regards or remarks about my Instagram. I mean, it's what you see there is exactly what I'm trying to accomplish. So uh, that's, that's, that's really who I am and how I've gotten up to this point. Wow, man. First of all, like I said, I love the fact that you teach from a simple perspective you know that's a lot of the people that um you know i teach in my courses my webinars or anything 
one of the things that draws them to me is the fact that I teach in simple terms because, sure. you know, it's just like investing. A lot of people think that investing is very scary, you know, because right. you, you start to see people when they talk about charts, they talk about technical yeah. analysis and indicators, yeah. entry yeah. points, and, you know, we know those kind of things, but the thing is, is that that's not the only way to trade. You can do fundamental analysis. You can do yeah. just a simple, uh, you know, buy low, sell high, you know, following exactly. the, the trend. So exactly. there's a lot of ways to get into it. And I think a lot of times people get intimidated because of all the other stuff that they see on CNBC and yeah, you know, no that money and all that other stuff. So, <laughs> so I can appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us a little bit now that we kind of know the history and the background, kind of like, what are you doing right now? And kind of, you know, what are some things that are, that are going on right now with the millennial money mentor as we speak today? Yeah, great question. So I'm, it's still pretty fresh. I'm about a month or close to about two months now out of the corporate world. So I'm still in the, in the process of really solidifying a stable type of cash flow for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to live in the metro Atlanta area here where there's a ton of different opportunities where, you know, I can be flexible in my time and, and dedicate time to creating content for my page. And I'm also uh, working on creating an e-commerce business for, for pet goods and accessories because I've always been a pet lover. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you look at the trends of how much people are starting to buy more more online. Mm-hmm. And it's a skill that I wanted to learn. Uh, I know we are talking before before the podcast about how you can really learn anything you want. And I was a finance major. I wasn't a marketing major. I, I didn't know the first thing about marketing online or, you know, online sales or anything like that, but I'm learning. So part of my day is, is really solidifying that, understanding what it takes to be successful in that space. Uh, part of my day is creating content for my page and engaging with the community and, and you know, just doing what I can to help. Uh, and sometimes I create content that's not even around finance. It's, it's about just life in general and things that I've learned. And, and um, you know, a lot of people have found that helpful as well. And then you know, do, doing these things on the side, like uh, I'm starting to tutor online to, to bring in some cash flow while I'm still staying afloat, uh, doing like Uber Eats delivery to, to stay afloat. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things that I'm doing just to keep the lights on. It's not something that I see myself doing forever. But again, going back to being comfortable with adversity and, and being in a tough spot. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a grind. I mean, I'm pretty much working seven days a week, but I'm okay with it because I know that I'm trying to really, number one, add value to other people and I have control over myself and my life. And, and, uh, and not, not to speak badly about the corporate side, but that's, that's one, one of the things that you have to deal with is they run everything when it comes to what you can put out and you, know, you have to run everything by compliance and, and, uh, you know, admittedly, yes, I took a big step back financially, but it's more important to me right now to, to really start doing this, helping other people and starting creating a brand around myself as well. So that's that's really what the day to day is like for me. Awesome. Awesome. So what was it like? Can you kind of take us through what it was like to leave a corporate job? Because it's one thing to leave, a, you know, just a like, a you know, a just a, an average job, but this was not really average. This was, no. this was top tier, you know, oh, like, man. it was painful that spend their whole, you know, adult life trying to get to that place. You know, what it was, was it like? was painful. It was very painful. And I'll be honest, it was very hard because number one, I, I, I made a decision to, to stop playing baseball to pursue this. So that was one, one element, not that it's really the only reason to, to do something, but it was, it was there. So that was one thing. Number two, I, I worked so hard to get in front of these people. Like, you know, you look at this. Yeah, st- I always say statistically, I had no 
reason to be in the same room as some of those people, you know, like my parents weren't finance. My parents don't understand stocks. Like, you know, I, I worked with some people that had some better economic backgrounds than I have and their parents were in finance and their parents were wealth management advisors and all that. And that's great. But like me, <laughs> I had no business being there statistically. Yes. I worked really hard and, and developed the knowledge and the skills, but you know, the fact that I wasn't even in there doing the work and having the success that I had and, and, you know, again, the work that it took to get there and then making the decision, looking in the mirror one day and saying, no, I'm going to, I'm going to leave that all behind. It, it was hard because you have all that time invested until you have, because, you know, I was working 60 plus hours plus traveling and everything else. So, you know, you have hurdles that you need to hit as an advisor, bringing in assets. And I was well ahead of those. And then I was being, I had a, a good amount of respect in my peer group and, you know, I had, I had a good amount of people in management saying good things about me. <laughs> and then when, uh, when I told them the direction I wanted to, to head, it, uh, it didn't go over so well. <laughs> um, it, it did not go over so well because number one, yeah, I, I understand. They didn't really understand like what I was trying to accomplish in, in the fact that I really want to educate and help other people because they went at it as well, you can do that here and you can do make a lot of money and, and everything else like that. And it, they kept going back to the money side of things. And I get that, but um, I, I really had to like look a lot of people in the eye and have some difficult conversations and tell them, Hey, I'm leaving everything to go make videos on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's passion. That's passion. <laughs> the, the average financial advisors, like, you know, in their 50s, I was this 25-year-old kid from another country. Like, they're just looking they're at like, me like, what? Cool. What are you doing? The money yeah. you leave behind, the opportunity that you, we've given you, these types of things. But, I mean, there's there's nights where I look at I look up in the ceiling. I'm like, man, am I doing the right thing here? But I, I know I am. I know I am. And I know it's gonna, it's what I'm going through right now is temporary. And, again, it goes back to, like, why you're doing it. Because if I was just out here trying to get likes and comments and stuff like that, like, I would have went back to the corporate world so fast. <laughs> you can do, yeah, you can do that from corporate. <laughs> you can do that from corporate. So there was a meaning behind it. And I'll yeah. tell you what, man, and I and I mentioned this before, but it reminds me a lot of Jeff Bezos' story. <laughs> with Amazon because he, he and his wife were financial advisors, Yeah, you know, and they were at the pinnacle of their careers. They were multimillionaires. Yeah. You know, and they left all that behind to start getting into e-commerce. Yeah. <laughs> and they were wanting to sell books, you know, right. so they had a niche and you're wanting to sell pet products. You have a niche. So right. you guys never know, man, we, we could be looking at the Jeff Bezos <laughs> of pet products <laughs> and beyond, you know, because we all know Amazon just ain't about books anymore. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and I do want to mention as well. Yes. I'm super passionate about like pets. I've always been a pet lover. I have a, a rescue pit bull that I love her to death. She's like a daughter, but I'm almost using this to learn a skill to learn online marketing. And I, I do think that I would like to one day get back almost into the consulting space. And I really enjoyed going to these companies and talking to the employees. Like, yes, speaking with executives was, was exciting and everything else. But, you know, I would be going to like paper plants where they were just like blue collar workers and, uh, you know, speaking in, 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 in their language. Right. Yeah. Because again, the, 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 <laughs> The stigma with financial advisors, it's like, oh, this guy from New York, and he's like, no, man, like, I, I click back here. This guy one time is like, so if I got 200 stacks, <laughs> it's like, all right, so if you have $200,000, I, I, I follow you. <laughs> I'll get you. Yeah, I got <laughs> but, you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I really liked about it. So, 
I'm, I'm using all this, number one, create a business and a profitable asset and serve other people and do something that's fun, but also to learn what it takes to market successfully online because if I can do that, I can market my, myself successfully in my consulting practice if I do decide to do that as well. So it's almost like a, like a learning experience, but yes, definitely business-oriented as well. Awesome, awesome. So take us through, like, if, you know, someone listening, you know, can you kind of explain what is it, you know, what is it about starting a business? Like, what are some of the things that people don't realize the simplicity of being able to start your own online business? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So actually, I talked about this in a couple of posts, but it it really is a great time to be a business owner in today's world because the barrier to entry is, is such lower. I mean, literally anyone. I mean, when I learned that there's like 15, 16 year olds out here making six figures online, that's when I said, okay, if these kids can figure this out, I know that I can. Yeah. That's number one. Um, and number two, I mean, the internet is such an unbelievable resource. And if you have the, the willingness and the mentality to just put yourself out there to learn and just do some research, do some digging to, to see what it takes to, to be successful in whatever, whatever space that you're trying to operate in, if you can do those things, I think, I think a lot of people would be surprised at the, the ability that you have to succeed. Now, with that being said, there is a lot more competition now than there was before when you needed to have secrets out. But, you know, you also have a lot more resources than those people had as well. So I truly believe if you really believe in what you're trying to accomplish and you're willing to put in the work and, and you put yourself and immerse yourself in, in your mission and the passion, all the information is out there. You just need to go find it, be, resor- be resourceful, find people that are already doing it, ask some questions build relationships. So um, I like, I, I forgot where I heard this, but I think it was on a podcast where they, they were talking about how the U S uh, government and, and tax system is set up to benefit businesses, which is true, but that business doesn't need to be Amazon. It can be you. you know? Right. Right. <laughs> like when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's powerful. Like that's so true. And in today's world, you have all these resources and you know, in, in some cases it doesn't require as much capital as you probably think, but it depends on the industry, the niche that you're trying to get into and everything else. But, you know, it's out there. Just go look for it and see what you have to do to make it happen. And if, if it's not something that happens overnight, then stay stay employed in, in your nine to five if that's what you're doing right now and build that up until it's time to to make that transition. Me, myself, I forced myself in a, in a tough position on purpose because I wanted to, like, make it, make it to where it has to work. It has to happen. So I don't recommend that unless you have the pain tolerance (laughs) to get through that. But you know, if you have a family or you you have different circumstances than I, then yes, you know, stay at your job, make sure that you're, you're providing for the family, but also when you get home, start doing that research, start asking questions, see, see what you can be good at, see what you're passionate about. And there are a lot more opportunities out there than you probably realize. A lot more, a lot more. And, you know, I think that sometimes that people, you know, one thing that we have to understand, too, is that we need to start looking at creating our opportunities because we all live in a society where most opportunities are created for about 85 percent of most people, you know, and we're waiting on people like the Jeff Bezos, like the Warren Buffett, like the Bill Gates to create opportunities for us, i.e. employees of Microsoft, i.e. employees of Amazon. And so what we don't realize is that, well, we can either create our own opportunities or we can wait for someone to create them for us. But at the end of the day, we have to be hung on every decision that they make. Not every decision is the right decision. I mean, think of all the people that work for Enron 
Elon's no longer around anymore. Yeah. You got someone that made a decision that impacted hundreds of thousands of people, their retirements, their, their, their investments, their, their savings, their, all that. So yeah. those are the things that you got to think about too. They created an opportunity for people. No but also, not only did they take away the, that opportunity, but they took away everything else. I mean, there's yeah. some people that were in there, they were like months away from retirement and literally that, will not see any of their retirement that they saved up for. That's sad, man. That's, just, that's such a powerful point. And just having the control over your destiny is, is really what led all this for me. I mean, yes, I was in a much better place financially. I had, a, I had health insurance. I had a 401k, all these nice things. But, you know, I also didn't have control <laughs> like, yeah. over what I could do on social or like my hours or anything like that. And, and uh, that's that's something you have to ask yourself because you know entrepreneurship is definitely not for everyone because it requires a level of pain tolerance it requires you know a, a couple of other things but um, I think one thing that I see a lot is people bashing people that are okay with being a nine to five type of employee and that's fine I mean there's there's plenty of opportunities out there for those types of people and frankly the the economy needs it mm-hmm. uh, not everyone can be an entrepreneur yeah. but if you're one of those persons people that's kind of on the fence. Just know that, yes, you can do a lot of great things for yourself and create some awesome opportunities, but it comes with some work and comes with some sacrifice. And and you want to make sure that you know what you're getting into before you make that leap. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I agree with you. I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, What would you what are some advice that you would give someone that's starting out wanting to get into investing uh, with a nine to five? Yeah, man. So I think it always I always talk about priorities. So. I always want to make sure that people have a dedicated savings fund, like something that is legitimately something that they've tucked away for an emergency. So when I mean an emergency, I mean your roof has to be fixed or uh, you know your, your car breaks down. Like those types of things, you can't really just plan around for in a budget. Or even worse, there's a layoff. You know, how are you going to pay the bills when you don't have those three to six months that like I would recommend my clients to have tucked away in a dedicated account that you almost don't even think about because you don't want to get caught flat footed. And, you know, I'm not going to play market timer here or anything else like that. But anyone that's been paying attention knows that this thing is, for the most part, gone straight up for 10 years straight. And eventually something is going to have to give. And when it does give, it's going to be ugly. You don't want to be that person that got caught flat-footed because, you know, for whatever reason, you didn't put the savings in, into that account and, and you have nowhere to go. So avoid that. So that's number one. Number two, leverage the resources that your employer gives you. Uh, the 401k is a tremendous opportunity to, to start saving money away for, for your retirement. And uh, there are different ways that you could do it. The, the tr- traditional way of doing it is pre-tax. Those dollars go away into that account without being taxed. It lowers your taxable income for the year. So it's kind of a win-win. And most employers offer a match. So I always really recommend people to strive to get that full employer match. So if your employer matches 100% of the first four that you put in, do 4%. Because if you're doing 2%, there's another 2% out there that you're not getting that you're quite literally leaving on the table. So things like that. If your employer offers like a, a an HSA, like a health savings account, for example, and you can get those anywhere. But for example, that's something that they offer you, or um, you know anything of that nature. Just just do your do your research. I mean, hopefully HR is putting something out for you to know what you have. But if they aren't, just just know because there may be something out there that you're you're leaving on the table. So 
learning to, to leverage those resources. And then once you're doing all that, I would say just start, just start doing some reading, watching some YouTube videos, understanding the basics of investing. So just understanding the basic principles, uh, risk versus return, for example, understanding that generally speaking, stocks are more risky than bonds. Bonds will pay you an interest rate, interest rate um, and then cash doesn't really provide you with a whole lot of, of growth. Like those types of simple building blocks and then understanding different types of investment vehicles out there. So ETFs, exchange traded funds, uh, individual stocks, individual bonds, bond funds, mutual funds. And if you don't know what this, this is, I know it can sound a little bit scary or overwhelming, but you know, once you learn that terminology, it's like knowing anything else in the dictionary, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I, I know that car is a Ford because I know what a Ford is. Like, oh, I know, it's, I know that an ETF is a, a, just a mix of a bunch of different stocks that are trying to do a certain thing. The S&P 500 ETF, that's just a, a basket of S&P 500 funds are stocks that I can buy in one fund. So just being comfortable with the terminology. That's something that I also uh, recommend. And then, of course, this is something that I was passionate about as a planner and advisor is having context around your goals. Because if you're just buying stock or Apple stock or Amazon stock just for the heck of it and you don't know why, it, it, it can be a really dangerous thing because – Every, every investment decision that you make, whether it's in your 401k or portfolio elsewhere, you want to have a rhyme and a reason behind it. And when I say rhyme and reason, I mean, what are your goals? What's the context behind it? So I, I had some clients that they had what we would call kind of like a play account, a sandbox account. They're like, listen, I don't care what happens with this money, to be honest with you. Like if it goes to zero, that's fine. But I really want to like try to hit a home run here. That's great. Go buy a really risky stock in that account. but if we're talking about environment and if that's coming out close, we, we shouldn't be taking that level of risk. So understanding the purpose and the reason behind every investment decision that you make instead of just saying, oh, I bought Nike stock because it looked good today. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, you know, having that context, knowing what your specific financial situation is and what your specific financial goals are, those are all things that are really important to, to do. And, you know, you don't have to be Warren Buffett to understand those things. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, actually, for you listeners that are out there, we're going to do a part two of this. So make sure that you uh, check the next episode because we're going to dig a little deeper into this. We're going to be talking about some things as far as getting out of debt and some things to do once you're out of debt to make sure you don't go back there. Um, so we just want to kind of give you guys an intro into who Jose is and give you guys some, some, some good information on some things that you can start doing today to take those steps. Make sure to check out episode two of season two um, as we go in and to discuss the side of debt and getting out of debt and then, of course, what you do post-debt. So stay tuned with us, guys. We'll be right back with episode two, and uh, we'll be going into this a little bit deeper. Thanks for listening to the Monetize Everything podcast with George Pitts. Visit us at georgepittsco.com for show notes and more resources on how to build wealth, improve your finances, and multiple streams of income all online.